You're listening to the Dopos Podcast. We are recording Monday, October 5th, 2020. Uh, it's in the afternoon here in California, and I think where Cooper is should be 4 p.m.-ish, South Carolina. Um, Cooper, Ish. welcome back to the show. Well, it's great. It's great to be back, Adam. Honestly, it's truly a privilege. Um, you know, never thought I'd be back, but I'm very happy to be here. I'm, pr- I'm proud, proud to be back after that hour plus episode last last time. Well, I'm most people don't. Most people uh, they don't repeat as a dopos guest, Cooper. So you're in a pretty limited hey. airspace here. Well, I'm glad to hear it, um, and hopefully, I won't blow my chances of coming back on this one. Yeah, I'll try to keep it PG. Yeah, definitely. We, so we were just talking about how. Um, going back to school for me as a senior sucks because just so many years into the game now, nothing's, uh, nothing's really surprising anymore. Um, going, having to go over syllabi every, every term mm-hmm. kind of old. Um, but Cooper, I want to know like how, uh, how's, how's the post post grad school life for you? Um, I, I, I'm not, I'm not jealous of that job search. I know that job search thing is coming for me in a couple months as well, but, uh, how's it going for you? You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been interesting. Um, I'm definitely, uh, so I'm still, I'm working at, you know, just a restaurant I've been working for like six months now. You know, I started when I had a few months left in grad school. Um, yeah, I guess it's been, you know, two months now though, since I graduated and, had a few interviews, but um, I ha- haven't had any offers or anything yet. Um, I had one company here in Spartanburg that I was, you know, I came in for an interview and they were, you know, definitely going to choose me as their candidate, but they weren't able to open up or they, they weren't able to actually get the position approved just because, you know, the whole situation going on. It's, it's, it's definitely been tough for those smaller companies. Uh, you can definitely tell, and there there are a few large companies in Spartanburg, but you know it's 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 just been a little tough. Um, I probably talked about last time I'm look, I was looking more for jobs outside of South Carolina, but right now I'm thinking just just with how things have been recently, just try to stay around local. Um, you know, I've, I've built some really good friendships at this restaurant I'm working at, so you know I'm thinking I'll try to get a job at one of the. I, I've actually been looking. Um, I've written a couple of emails to some of the heads of IT around the schools here. Um, obviously, our uh, our mentor and cat father, uh, Larry Kuhn, is the head of IT at uh, your school, UC Irvine. So maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll contact him. Maybe he'll hire me from Spartanburg to come work in California remote. I'm not gonna not gonna cross my fingers on that one, but. Sort of reaching out to some of the colleges around here. I'm, I'm ready to reach out to a couple of the like high school, you know, school districts, just because. Obviously, it sounds like uh, Larry and his team did a really good job with the online classes at UC Irvine. But I mean, even if you've done a great job, there's bound to be glitches in the system, and I can imagine there are some programs around here that could use some technical help. Yeah, I think Larry's pretty high up in the chain, but. I don't think he's like the VP or anything. He's just like uh, one of the, like the managers, uh, like running one of the okay. teams, I think. But I remember just listening to one of his interviews a couple months ago. I think UCI was pretty forward thinking about all this. So they 
they uh they started planning for like a, a pandemic shutdown like months before it actually happened so uh yeah I, I, so far things are pretty good and since i took the spring quarter off last uh before summer break basically i didn't really have to go through the tough um transition to online life so i like on my on like our school's main platform page everything's set up and I think a lot of professors are just reusing their their recorded sessions from like last term, you know. Mm-hmm. I dude, I love uh, two so two of my classes um they're recorded so I can just watch at, as they upload the videos every week. So I don't have to watch it live, I can just watch it during the week and then there's lecture quizzes to make sure I watch them. Which is probably equivalent to you know the eye clickers when you participate in class, so that's understandable. Right. The other class is live, but it's like a sociology class about baseball, so uh, it's cool. We're reading sociology stuff, and then also reading about baseball and how it was formed uh, in the nineteen twenties or before. Not sure. So, right. and then other than that, it's just like getting ready for the job search, watching basketball. Um, things are all good here, I think, and I'm still staying inside. So you know, whatever happens out there, like I'm, I, I don't. It's not going to affect me because I'm keeping be, being safe. Yeah, no, I feel that. I, I you know, I never realized. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've always been pretty introverted. My family is not necessarily, you know, we don't have 50 people plus parties or anything. But you never realize quite how small your circle is uh, until there's a global pandemic. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Wise words right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. You, uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I think like, I think, I think for young people when we're, I think, I feel like we're very self-conscious with like our social circles or whatever. So I guess like not being in person, maybe, you know, people who have problems with that, they might feel more, uh, secluded or separated from, from their friends you know it's like it's yeah. like it's like when 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 people text you all the time you don't really think about it but then when people stop texting you 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 feel like you have no friends i i feel like that's a problem that we all have sometimes but i think the solution is just like for me to like put in a lot more effort with keeping up with friends every week and texting or uh facetiming or zooming yeah yeah, no, I think I think what you sort of realized is right. I mean, we're all we're all the main character in our own story, so we see our we see life through our own perspective. And you know, I, I'm certainly right. I definitely grew up sort of you know, I was definitely an anxious kid. Um, you know, always worrying, always oh, what is everyone thinking about me? Why does nobody like me? But yeah, the older you get, the more you realize, like, especially these days. I mean, everyone's kind of lonely and kind of bored. I mean, it's just you just gotta you got to talk to people. I mean, most of the time they're going to be happy to hear from you. Um, yeah. And, and I do think though, I, you're, you're definitely right that it's been weird not seeing people in person. It does. It starts to take a toll on you, but I do think there has been, um, it's, it's almost a benefit that our generation is so used to texting and keeping up with people virtually anyways, that it almost doesn't, it feels more personal than I would imagine it does for my parents, right? I'd imagine when my parents text, they are more aware of the fact that I'm typing out words, 
to communicate with a person. When I'm texting, you know, my friends and stuff, we're just going back and forth, kind of just, like, I can hear their voice sometimes, you know. I can I can feel their personality behind it. Not always, you know, but I, it, it almost feels like we've developed more of a way to get those nonverbal cues through text. Um, definitely, the, I, I don't know if you do the same, but I've definitely, the ability to read text from other people or, you know, tweets. Like, I can read a LeBron James tweet that's in his voice. I think that's really... Um, for me at least, it's definitely added a little flavor to what has been a pretty, pretty dry few months. Few months, God, seven months now. Oh my God, said seven months. Yeah. Whoa. Um. <laughs> yeah, I, I was uh, I was just thinking the other day, like there's a good chance I'm probably not gonna be able to walk for my graduation ceremony, with just like how things are in the world. Um, yeah. I, I I won't mind, but I, I wonder what like my parents will feel about that. Haven't really talked about them. I uh, talked about that with them. Um, but on onto a brighter note, um, basketball talk, NBA finals. Oh yeah. Um, the Lakers lost Are yesterday. Um, Wait, the finals are happening. The NBA yeah. finals. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, um, my Lakers are gonna we're, are gonna we're win not, this we're year. We're talking about hockey on this podcast. Oh, What's okay. That? Yeah, you're right. No, I remember that now. Yeah, you're uh, L.A. Lakers. Yeah. You're L.A. Lakers. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, I have uh... – ah, man, that first game was just incredible. I mean, I, I think we all knew the Lakers were good, and you can, you know, say whatever. And, I mean, I'm not going to discount the fact that Bam and Trajic are hurt. That's your second and third best player. But, man, that is – so – I have I, I have a hard time believing there was anything that Miami was going to do in that first game to beat LA. I mean, you just you're not going to beat a team that shoots like that. I, you know, I think yesterday, I, I just think it's funny how every series the Lakers have played in, they've always had one game where things were just not happening, and then they lose it, and then but then they just win like two straight. Or th- or even four straight after that, and then win the entire series. So, I'm curious to see like if it'll be different this series, just because it's the finals, you know, and it's not just like any other um, playoff series. Um, I think Jimmy Butler was a monster yesterday, 40 points, triple double. Um, only a couple players in NBA history have done that in the finals, including Jerry West, another Laker, and uh, Shaq, I think, and also Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I do. I had the Lakers in in either five or six before uh, it started, but I was leaning towards five. Like, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I didn't make you know make an official prediction. I would have guessed uh, Lakers in six, um, and then I maybe would have said even chance of going five or seven. Um, I definitely would have said though. I thought there was a ten, fifteen maybe even a 20% chance of the Heat winning the series. Um, I definitely saw them. So I'd say this. I think the Heat are the best team the Lakers have played in this playoffs. Do you agree with that? Hold on. The Heat are the best team to play in the playoffs? I think the Heat are the best team that the Lakers have played in this playoffs. I think they are better than Houston or better than the uh, Nuggets. I don't think so, dude. I think, I think the Nuggets are pretty good. 
I take the Nuggets over the Heat. Oh yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong. I think the Nuggets are awesome. I mean, they deserve to be there. I'm, you know, a little surprised. Well, of course, I'm surprised they didn't take it to six or seven games against the Lakers. Every game was close. Um, and I think you got to give some props, especially in that last game of LeBron. I mean, oh my God, you know, you, you know, LeBron's been amazing in these finals too. But it was. He's been great the whole playoffs, but it was that game five against Denver at the end where he just sort of said, you know, look, I, I don't care what the narrative is. I don't care what you're going to say about me. I, I'm going to win this title this year. That's it. End of conversation. You know, I'm the best player in this league. I'm going to win this game for us. It was amazing. Um, I, I, I think that's a fair argument. I would say they're pretty evenly matched. I do think that, um, Jokic is the best player in that series, but I would I would take Jimmy Butler and Bam um, both ahead of Jamal Murray. Um, and, and it's just I think this Heat supporting cast is just so good. I mean I think they have seven starters on their team. I think Jimmy Butler, Jay Crowder, um, Bam, Dragic, Tyler Hero, Jay Crowder, and Duncan Robinson. I say, I feel like I may have repeated a name or two. Oh, Iguodala. All those guys are starters. They're all starter caliber players. I mean, and even then, Kelly Olynyk put up, what, 20-something in that game, uh, game two? I, I just think it's one thing to have, um, and I think there's been comparisons made to, like, the 04 Pistons. I think comparing to the 2011 Mavs is even decent. Um, obviously, you don't have Dirk. Uh, Jimmy Butler is a much different kind of offensive force. Not, he's not he's not as good as Durbin offensive offensive player. Obviously, I think you could say that in some ways though they're better than the 2011 Mavs in terms of their supporting cast. It's different, but um, I don't know, man. I really I I so I've been really all in on this Heat team since first game against. So it was really that third game against the Bucks, wasn't it? That really cemented them as finals contenders. This is interesting. So you've told me before, you don't really have a team that you're rooting for because in South Carolina, like there isn't, you know, anything close to you that much. And I'm a Zion fan. You're a Zion fan. That's right. Yeah. It's, this is interesting (laughs) because maybe, maybe I've just put myself in a social media bubble, uh, pun, pun not intended here. Because I've I've really only uh, seen, I've really only seen people either rooting for the Lakers or the Heat, and most people think like the Lakers are just going to finish this. I've never heard anyone compliment the Heat like to that extent before. I don't really? I don't think I don't think Robinson and Hero are like really starter material yet. Like I think Hero is probably closer to that than Robinson. Robinson has just not been shooting that well, and like. They've gotten open threes a lot over the past uh, three games, but they haven't really made anything. Um, six for 18 for Tyler Harrow yesterday, and he he still gave that little snarl at the end. I I respect that. If you're <laughs> if you're winning, if you're winning, go ahead do it. But uh, just know the curse of previous players doing that to the Lakers and then losing like twice or four times in a row. Um, I think. I, I don't know about your your opinion about them having like that many starter material players. I think Olenek is the surprising one of how well he's been shooting. Like he's been shooting so far 
away from the three-point line, like Damian Lillard, Steph oh, yeah. Curry lengths from the three-point line. So that's pretty good. Um, but the other – like I only consider Butler um, – Butler, uh, Adebayo, Dragic as like really their, their starting players and everybody else, uh, they're, they're pretty role players. They're pretty much role players. Okay, so I don't disagree with you on that. I guess, um, I guess, but I would say role players. You know, usually your third through eighth best players are role players. You're not usually going to have three or four stars, um, and maybe you'd have a guy like CJ McCollum. Uh, CJ McCollum's maybe too good. You probably still call him a star, but. Um, a Gary Harris type, where you'd say he's too good to call him just a rotation player. Not a great example, but um, I, I get what you're saying. I would say, though, a guy like Jay Crowder, I mean, Jay Crowder has been, has he been the fourth best player on this team? Probably. And I think I think he's looked like a perfect, perfectly capable fourth best player on this team. Um, I, don't, I don't watch them and say they need to upgrade on Jay Crowder. Um, I, I don't think that's unfair, though. Especially Tyler Hero, I agree. I think he's young. Um, I think he helps. I think he just will not, not even close to ready to fill the Dragic role, which is kind of what he's having to do. Not as much, you know. He's not, he's not the point guard, but um, just as, like, their main sort of guy getting into the lane, uh, uh, other than Butler, obviously. But, you know, Dragic had those little – he was just driving the lane, constantly finding space. You know, making you think, making you guard him. Um, I don't think Tyler here is ready for that. There's a reason he shot six for 18. You know, the one the one play where he's driving to his left and he kind of got by LeBron and they still shot the layup and LeBron just stuffed it back. Like you can't you can't take that layup against LeBron James, dude. You're you're just not. You're Tyler Hero. You're like a six three white guy. You're not gonna get that layup up against LeBron James. Um, you know, and, and then. Shoot, I mean, Kendrick Nunn started like 60 games for him. I didn't even mention his name. Yeah, I know. Like I was going to say that. Three series. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I guess it's just – it's that idea that they've got a lot of um, interchangeable parts, right? I mean, that was sort of the idea of – I mean, that's sort of why I said, you know, 2011 Mavs, but just this idea that they have – six or seven guys that could close for them. Maybe that's a better way to say it, as opposed to calling them starters. Um, I mean, if Jay Crowder's the fifth guy in your closing lineup, you're fine with that, right? I mean, if Duncan Robinson was the fifth Laker closing instead of Caruso or Rondo, would you be unhappy with that? They have so many good shooters on their team that are young. Oh, oh you know? come on. Dude, Duncan Robinson is a top five shooter in the NBA. That's what you I'm see the jealous shots of. That man's taking. I wish the Lakers drafted young shooters late in the draft or even undrafted um, players. Like we only we, we we drafted well with like Ingram, Lonzo, D'Angelo, Kuzma, Caruso, of course, but we had to Kuzma trade kind of all of them to be away. That shooter, right? What was that? Cruz was kind of supposed to be that shooter. I mean, he was a great shooter at first, wasn't he? He's just sort of gotten more into the shot creation as opposed to the uh, spot up spot up game. I think I think he because he got starting minutes his first couple of years, so that that helped. But then when when he uh, 
shifted to the bench, it, it, it was it was a little different. But um, my point is, my point is, I'm so jealous of the Heat. I'm jealous of of teams in general that are you know um, lower. What do you call it? Mid attracting mid, mid, mid or lower market teams, basically. Um, being really good at the draft and then being able to keep their players, I guess. I'm jealous that that like you're, even though I love Anthony that, I love Anthony yeah, Davis. That, but I, I wish we could have kept Robinson instead of Anthony Davis. Uh not exactly. Not not quite. Not quite what I was trying right, to say so there. You heard it here first. Not, not quite, Robinson not for quite. Anthony Davis. Podcaster Adam Doe floats this wild idea. I'm I'm jealous of the fact that Kuzma and Caruso, um, of course we have Taylor Horton Tucker, but he hasn't really you know done much. But that's like really our all 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 the Lakers have for the next couple of years in terms of young players that we drafted. You know, where, where, whereas the Heat they have Harrow, they have Robinson, they have Adebayo, um, for like the next couple of years. So that, that's what I'm jealous of. No, yeah, don't don't get me wrong. I mean, I make jokes, but I 100% understand what you mean, um, and I I totally agree. I mean, um, I think there's a reason as a neutral fan, like I respect this Lakers team, and you know, I don't know, um, I definitely respect LeBron coming in and winning this title. He deserves it. You know, props to him. Um, I, there's a reason I would find myself rooting for this Heat team more. It's and I feel like this has become a sort of twisted phrase. It's almost used to insult people that don't fit it, uh, and it shouldn't be. But they, they're a homegrown team, right? Other than Jimmy Butler, who they got in a trade, um, but it was, you know, it was, it was a trade more where they were paying him as a free agent um, than a trade where they were giving up assets to acquire him, as opposed to Chicago trading him to Minnesota. Um, but I think when you look at the key teams, you're right. Duncan Robinson – Kendrick Nunn took them out of nowhere, made them good players. Jay Crowder was, like, not a very good player the last couple of years until he got there. Myers Leonard, I mean, like, he was – those are not the best examples. Tyler here is a rookie, obviously. Derek Jones Jr., though, you know, he's another one. Um, and, and, you know, now that I say that, it's kind of weird for me to say that they're a homegrown team, right, when they've brought in Butler, Crowder, um, Iguodala, Solomon Hill this year. You know, here at Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn are all rookies. Like, there's like eight new players on this team. It's not like they've been here for 10 years, but it just feels more authentic as opposed to the Lakers, which feels like it was built, right, as opposed to grown. Um, and I think there's become way too much of an unfair stigma of these built teams because you know what? You go back and look in history, you're going to find a lot of built teams uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of that Houston team with Charles Barkley and Hakeem and uh, um, Clyde. You don't think that was a built team? You don't think the 08 Celtics with Paul Pierce, KG, and Ray Allen was a built team? I mean, shoot, Kareem getting traded to the Lakers. Um, it's just it's, – that's just sort of what happens in the history of the NBA. You get um, – you either try to grow around star players and incubate them with young talent or you go and get the big pieces and you fit around them once you, so it's, I think it's, it's a matter of do you get your stars and then fill around them with some veterans you can find, or do you get a base 
of good young talent and then get stars who can elevate that talent. I think those are the two styles that we're sort of seeing in these finals. My, uh, my compliments before to the heat and my jealousy of the heat before, um, they included Kendrick Nunn, by the way. We got we to gotta stop disrespecting Kendrick Nunn. Um, oh, I agree. I think he, 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 got a lot of, he got a lot of fouls, like, early, like, really quickly yesterday. But he's such a good shooter, like, in addition to Hero. Yeah. Um, leaving, him, leaving him open, like, yesterday was not a good idea. Or this whole series, I think, was not a good idea. And I think they have a secret weapon. But they just, I think for his defensive problems, that's why they, he hasn't played much, I'm guessing. But, you know. So, they I all... actually, I, I was going to say, his, his game three stat line, he only shot three times. I, to be fair, though, I agree. Um, I think he has, you know, even if it's just a threat of his shooting, I mean, he's a shooter. And you can tell they play him like a shooter. But he uh, shot there for 20 minutes last night, had four turnovers and five personal fouls. That might be why he's not playing that much. Yeah, understandable. But he's a rookie, yeah. so. Oh yeah. Why not? They have two rookies, two rookies this year, that are just really good players. Um, moving on. Three. Three. Robinson Hero, Robinson Hero, and none. All rookies. Oh first, my their goodness. First season, you would say. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's crazy. Um, yeah. No. Go ahead. Sound like you were transitioning. Uh, you, you said you said you had so much to talk about with me outside of the finals, Cooper. So let's just let's Ooh. just start start slow. Um, we're probably not going to get to all of it, but like, what's like the next thing that that was on your mind for for the playoffs or or the bubble? So I think, all right, I think the first thing we should do is, ah, man, it almost feels insulting to say it's like a tribute to the Heat's run, but I think we should talk about how the Heat got here. Because I think, I mean, this is, this is like an all-time playoff run, right? I mean, it was already going to be an all-time playoffs if it works, just because of the bubble and the circumstances. But, I mean, this is, you know, I mean, there were a five seed. There were a five seed that made the finals. When's the last time a five seed made the finals? I have no idea. I know it certainly hasn't happened recently. Um, but, yeah, I think, so as as I was saying before, right, I think it was, you know, they swept the Pacers. To be fair, in retrospect, you probably should have been a little surprised because, uh, I mean, the Pacers are a good team, even without Sabonis. Um, they're a good team. For them not to win a single game, that's, that's, that should have been a sign of something. Um, but even in the Milwaukee series, going up 2-0, it's like, wow, this is going to be a real competitive series. Miami's a legit team. But it was that game three. For game three, they're down, what, 15 points, 20 points going into the fourth quarter? Then they, they have, like, a 40 to 15 comeback in the fourth quarter? That's just not – that's not real. That doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, what, do you, what do you remember about that game or that series in general? Um, I thought the Heat – I thought the Bucks w- would have just, like, you know, got, got gotten it together and 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 won the series. So that, like, my mind was just thinking, like, yes, the bubble will be like very different, and but I but I didn't think like the the performance would like stray that far in terms of like one seeds like the Bucks 
or two seeds like the Raptors and the Clippers would be eliminated from the playoffs. Like I didn't think any team would have bounced back or defied expectations like that in the bubble. I thought I really thought like we, we would have gotten the, the series we all wanted to see um, Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, um, Bucks, Raptors in the conference finals, you know, um, but and then going back to yeah, the Bucks, I still can't believe- going back to the Bucks, like, is it really coach Bud's fault that they lost? Is it really, or is Giannis like just not that great of a player in the playoffs? Like before injury, you know, like, is he really that great of a player in the playoffs where if you build a wall in front of him in the paint, like that take you take, you're taking away, like, what do you think? Like 80, 80% of what he does offensively, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, so I think the thing is, as be honest, he doesn't have, so, um, into game five Lakers versus the Nuggets, right? I talked about how LeBron, had that couple of minutes where he said, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to win this game for us. You know, he did that. He did it with, like, jump shots. I mean, he wasn't necessarily just going in and dunking on people's heads in those last couple of minutes. When he needs a bucket, he can get a jump shot. You know, he gets that post fadeaway. Um, his three looks great. He's just – he's not a 50% shooter. He's not a 40% three-point shooter. But when he needs a bucket, he knows how to get a bucket from five feet, from 15 feet, from 20 feet, you know? Um, I don't think Giannis has that ability yet. And I, I think when you don't have that ability, what you have to do is you have to try to draw a double every time. You've got to feed it to a teammate, or you've got to try to beat your guy so quickly you can score before the help comes. Very unlikely. Um, I, I think what it really comes down to with Giannis is, right, he's not the guy that's going to – carry your team to a win. I think the supporting cast has to play up. Um, so I think if Giannis and Jimmy Butler switched places, the heat with Giannis probably would have swept, right? I think if Giannis is kicking out to Duncan Robinson every time, he's making a lot of those shots that um, guys like Eric Bledsoe are missing. At the same time, though, I do agree that so, so I guess I'm sort of talking my way around saying, yeah, I think it kind of is on Giannis. Um, I, I do think there are some ways you can target him in the playoffs that, you know, best player in the playoff, the best player on a championship team is, is not usually going to have. You know, I think the fact that he can't really consistently get a mid-range jump shot, um, I think that's a big problem. I think the fact that he doesn't really – so he draws free throws, right? But when someone fouls him, like, he deserves that foul. He has none of the James Harden or less James Harden, but the Jimmy Butler foul drawing, right? Where Jimmy Butler, there are times where he went in last night to try to score. You know, we had that one dunk over AD earlier in the game. There are a lot of times where Jimmy Butler's going in to draw a foul. And if Giannis could just adopt, like, you know, two or three of those every game, just get a few more trips to the line. Of course, you've got to hit those free throws. And I think that's a big problem, you know. I, I, I still think, and obviously, you know, the collapse this year was, was – the, the loss this year was much worse than the loss of the Raptors last year. But it's still 
still sticks in my mind that miss you know the air ball free throws against the Raptors last year. I just I think he's going to be a champion. I think he'll be a first you know best team on a championship team in three years, maybe in five years. Is he right now? I'm not sure that he is. Um, but I think that more just speaks to right how the game changes as you go from the regular season to the playoffs. You think uh, you think Coach Bud is going to be the next coach to be fired from the Bucks? I think that's a really good question because I think I think the, um, the the similar situation you'd be looking at would be the sort of allegory would be the Clippers, right? Clippers fired Doc really quickly, so that does that does make me wonder. That does make me pause and think: Are they waiting for a reason? Is of course is that necessarily normal for the Clippers to fire their coach that early? I don't know that it is. Um, on the other hand, though, if the Bucks are going to fire their coach, they got to hurry to get someone new. I mean, who are they going to get? Tyloo. Um, I just I'm not. So I would, I guess I would say, um, God, man. They don't really have to like hire someone quickly because we, you know, we don't even know when the next season is going to start. Right. I think that's why. So there's so many teams left with like vacancies um, because there's really no need to hire like immediately because you have so much time left. So my argument would be there are a lot of teams with openings, which is why you should move quickly. Um, you know, in free agency, obviously very different player free agency versus um, coaching, quote-unquote, free agency. But if you wait 10 days, you're probably going to not be able to pick from the stars. There's a reason Doc Rivers got hired, at, you know, two days after he got fired. I think those best coaches go off the market pretty quickly. Um, obviously, as Milwaukee, you are the best team, the best suitor on the market. Uh, I think as New Orleans, you can make a claim, but I don't think it's I don't think it's particularly valid. Um, although you could say the Bucks might have one more year with Giannis, and he's gone, and then you're stuck with the Giannisless Bucks team. She might not be great as a coach, but I, I, I do. Yeah, it's a situation that I would. I, I'm not really. I don't feel comfortable predicting it because I feel like it's close to a toss-up. I guess. Um, I, I feel. I feel very good making an argument on either side of that. I think Bud's a good coach. I think Bud's a fine coach. Um, I don't know if, as the Bucks, I wouldn't be looking to move on from him. I think, I think, I think if it was up to me, and I had an idea of a, a, a guy or two. So, you know what they really should have done? Should have fired him last year and hired Taylor Jenkins. Shouldn't have let Taylor Jenkins leave. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, he was he was a Bucks assistant, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously what should have happened. Um. I say obviously, but in retrospect, you would think that guy was there. I'm sure they knew how good he was. Whatever. I, 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 I am so. I would say that I am very concerned about the Bucks going to the next playoffs with Giannis and Coach Bud in the same team in the same scheme. Um, I think if they do the same, if they, I think if they run it back next year, they lose in the conference finals or earlier, probably the conference finals. I actually still think Giannis would probably stay in Milwaukee. I know. I, I know we've all. I know we've that. all been here before. We've all been here before, where we're like, 
we all swore our 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 hometown stars are gonna stay, but then they end up leaving. Um, case in point for the past couple of years, Paul George, um, Westbrook, LeBron, obviously. Uh, um, Anthony Davis. Uh, Anthony Davis, of uh, course. Uh, who else? I don't know. Maybe the guy the Lakers stole. Yeah, we oh, didn't yeah, steal him. You're right, we didn't steal him two years ago. You're right. We, we didn't steal him, Cooper. We didn't fair steal trade. him. We we just did our LA thing, you know, and just uh, attracted star talent. That's what we did. You you lured him away. Yeah. 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 No. Uh, no. Yeah. I mean, you are right, though. Um, I I I do think. Yeah, I would say. I think maybe you know I listened to a ton of the uh, Nate Duncan podcast, um, and he I think he maybe one was the one to posit it you know like six months ago when this was first really starting to set in that you know the NBA had shut down and we were a couple weeks into a shutdown and we realized okay this is not you know we're not coming back in three weeks this is a shutdown like this is this is a crisis um, but he posited the idea that maybe a guy like Giannis he sees what's going on there's so much financial instability, not even that, just social instability. Um, plus, at this point, we've got, right, all the, um, you know, the, the drama and the just all the BS that's gone in the political landscape. You know, there's just so much tension in the country. There's so much uncertainty. You wonder if maybe he just decides to stay with what's comfortable in that comfortable environment, you know. I, I mean, yeah, he's in Wisconsin, but he grew up in Greece. It's not like he grew up in L.A. Um, I, I, I think there's some merit to the idea that he would stay, plus his personality. You know, I, th- I think we always we try to apply the logic and reasoning for one player doing one thing to another player doing one thing. The problem is those are both two very separate, very unique people. And, you know, the thing with people is they have different reasons for doing things. And they have different priorities in life. Um, they have different ways of thinking. Some people are much more rational. Some people are much more emotionally focused. So, I, I, yeah, I, I think I think there's totally a chance he'll stay, even if they, you know, go out conference finals next year. I'd be a little surprised. Um, but I would see, you know, I could see him staying and then trying to rebuild the team around him. Sure. I would like to point out, though, that the seeds are in place for Giannis to come to L.A. potentially in the next couple of years. By uh, with his his younger brother Costas on on the team, the you, seeds are in place. Wait, think, Cooper. So, you think uh, you think the Clippers are going to trade Paul George for Giannis? No. Yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. The Lakers, yeah, the LA. Lakers, Cooper, the Lakers. Uh, yeah, we'll see about that. I'm not going to hold my breath. Oh man, I. You know what though? Um, the 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 idea that Giannis would go to the Heat. It's great that the Heat made the finals this year, but was it worth sacrificing the opportunity to get Giannis? Because there's zero percent chance Giannis goes to the Heat now. No way, not that guy. It would probably be very hard to get Giannis to the Lakers. Like, and I don't want a situation like with the Warriors where three of their their star players are getting paid like all the money, and then everybody else you have to fill. Um, the roster out with like minimum contracts. I don't know how to feel about that. Like, I I, I love I love the way our, our team was built this year with, you know, two stars taking up most of the money and then the rest of our cap space um, signed to like 
quality role players like Avery Bradley or um, uh, Rondo and uh, Markeith Morris and uh, even Dwight Howard. Like, I think I, I love that model more. Um, last question for today. Oh, so sorry, we all, we all hear quick, about, yeah. we all hear we'll, about we'll like, Adam, uh, I don't, I don't think you're have to worry about paying three max players. Just so you know, I think you'll be okay. Oh, so you're saying you're saying I'm totally wrong, and Giannis won't be coming to the Lakers, huh? Is that is that what you're saying? I'm I'm saying don't get too stressed out about the financial details of bringing Giannis to LA. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, if if Giannis <laughs> did want to come to the Lakers, I think I'm pretty sure right. Plinka would Plinka would do whatever whatever it takes to to get him here. Um, I am also pretty confident he's not coming. Sorry. Go okay. Ahead, okay. Go moving ahead. on. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. So last question. So we all hear like the NBA is like a copycat league and whatnot. So if the Lakers win, which most likely it will happen, um, most people agree. Like from your perspective, like what, what is there to copycat from the Lakers? Because I've been thinking about this for the past couple of days. And I think the key to us is just Anthony Davis and how versatile he is as a player. So if you try to copycat the Lakers model of winning, that's really hard to do, right? Like there aren't that many players like Anthony Davis, if there's any at all. Um, it's really LeBron James, you know, one of the greatest players ever, still one of the greatest players of that are still playing right now. So that's already like rare to find. Um, Anthony Davis is just basically the same thing as LeBron James, except he's not as good of a initiator or a passer. But everything else is he's just as good as LeBron James, in my opinion. And then you fill that out with just a bunch of veteran players and then a couple of newer, younger players, but they all play hard on defense and they bought bought into the scheme and whatnot. Um so yeah, like what's there to copycat from the Lakers? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think you kind of nailed it there. I mean, the the only thing you can do is try to copycat LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I mean, that's that's the recipe for success. Don't get me wrong, the role players have been great. Um, and I think there's some merit to saying um, this sort of provides justification that, you know, the dynamic duo having two stars as opposed to the big three um, is not just like a, a, a reasonable strategy, but maybe even a better strategy at this point. Um, I agree, though. I mean, LeBron's the best player in the NBA right now, and Anthony Davis is like the fourth, third, fifth best player in the NBA. I mean, how do you copy that? And beyond that, they work together so perfectly. I mean, it's yeah, right. It's it's. I, I've heard so. I think maybe someone made a, like a Kobe Shaq comparison, interviewing them or whatever. And you know, that always seemed a little off base. But I mean, the Magic Kareem comparison. You know, I, I don't think Anthony Davis was necessarily Kareem, um, but I think there's some merit to that. I think he might be more this era's version of Kareem, right? I mean. Compared to the guy he's playing against, AD is definitely a dominant interior presence. Um, I think it's I think it's really hard to try to duplicate what the Lakers are doing, or even right try to even take a model of their success. Because right, what did they do? They used um, being Los Angeles to lure LeBron James. They missed the playoffs with LeBron James. Like right, and that's the thing. It's not even just they they have the greatest player in the NBA, and they didn't make the playoffs. 
you know, things, things obviously went wrong. You know, he was injured. Um, I don't think they were going to win a title with just LeBron. So you're going to have two top five players in the league that just happen to play together perfectly. And then you fill out with Kyle Kuzma and Dwight Howard, who, yeah, Dwight Howard has been, it's been a perfectly fine fifth player or fifth starter. Um, I mean, that's, that's, it's been amazing to see him play. You're going to fill out with um, Danny Green, KCP. I mean, it's just, I think it's an impossible, impossible model to replicate. I think what they did is they followed the, the Boston Celtics big three, Miami big three, um, Golden State um, big three. They, they, they followed the model of building a super team. This isn't a super team in conventional terms, but I think compared to the other teams out there, this is it, it, just going back to that built versus homegrown structure. This is a built team. They built it top down. I think what you're really going to see is teams trying to copy the Miami style because you know what the Miami approach is? It's feasible. You know, you can convince yourself, yeah, I'm going to draft a starter. with a, I'm going to draft Bam Adebayo with a 13th pick, and then the next year we're going to draft Tyler Hero. We're going to make a trade for Jimmy Butler because we're willing to pay him, and still he's not. And then I'm going to pick up two undrafted free agents, and they're both going to be starter calibers. And I'm going to trade for these two guys, and they're both going to be way better on my team. Like, the way they did it, don't get me wrong, it's going to be – pretty much impossible to replicate what Miami did to put this team together. But as a, as a GM, I can see myself looking at Miami and saying, okay, there's a pattern. I can replicate those specific moves easier than I can replicate sign LeBron James in free agency and trade for Anthony Davis. Now, am I necessarily going to sign the next Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson? No, probably not. There's a reason it's so rare. But I think it's easier to tell yourself and certainly to sell an owner on the fact that that's the model you can emulate. I'm a huge fan of John Hollinger on The Athletic, and he wrote a piece mm-hmm. about his theory of which, which team the NBA prefers to win. And he said the NBA would probably prefer the Heat to win just because of like how like the, the two different styles of team um, construction. Like, right, like, like you said, um, so he was basically saying that if the Lakers win the finals, it, it kind of just like will make the other like every, most 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 NBA teams feel pretty discouraged. I think because the the Lakers they just you know they were lucky that LeBron James believed in them enough to come and play in LA, and then lucky enough that Anthony Davis had the same agent, and then they just you know agreed to play together in LA, and then the Miami team they were balanced much more balanced in terms of signing um quality free agents and also drafting quality um college players so i, I thought it was inter- i thought it was interesting how he, like how he laid it out and like I, I get like the the whole competition thing where the nba is trying to make rules that um help out the smaller teams in terms of winning more but in the end the the, the richer the, the richer team with the more luck and the the better weather and uh hollywood and whatnot will usually end up winning more often you know i, I so first of all yeah john Hollinger is, is phenomenal i mean yeah he's one of the guys you know i hope um, if I am able to break into the industry, I hope I get to know him at some point. He just seems like 
not just an amazing basketball mind, but a really good dude too. Probably great to have a conversation with, but yeah, it sounds like we're, you know, I've got the same sort of theory floating around. I would say the one thing um, I'm not sure. So I agree. There's definitely a little bit of eye rolling and saying, of course, LA wins because like, you know, LeBron decided to give him a title, but I do think if I'm so, so I think even if Miami loses, so first of all, they didn't get swept, which is awesome because getting swept in the finals isn't as cool as losing 4-1 or 4-2 or whatever. Um, but even just making the finals, I mean, that's a massive accomplishment for pretty much any team. That's a massive accomplishment for Miami. You know, if, if Milwaukee would have made it, it would have been a huge accomplishment. It would have been their first finals, you know. Toronto had made it. If Boston had made it, we would have been really um, – we would have been proud of that team, I guess. But their fans really would have been proud. The players would have been proud. I think if I'm Charlotte, you know, if I'm the cup check, I can look at that and say, we can do that here. You know, Miami did that, not because they're Miami, because they made good moves. Um, I think Memphis can look at that and say they can replicate that right here in Memphis. Um, I, I, think, I think sometimes when we're at a national level and we're sort of talking about all the teams, it's easy to just only care about who wins the title and say it's ring or nothing, you know. And there certainly is some of that culture, but, you know, I think if I'm – from Phoenix, I'm looking at Miami and the way they made it to the finals. I get it. They didn't win a title, but you know what? There are 28 teams in the league that would kill to be in the finals, to lose to the Lakers in the finals right now. There's 28 teams that would kill to get swept by the Lakers. You don't think Kawhi would do anything to go in there and lose 4-0 to the Lakers right now? Okay, maybe not to go in and lose 4-0, but to be there, to be in that situation. So I think there is um, – maybe a little bit of eye rolling to LA's there. And even if they win, you know, whatever it's LA, but I think there might be more positive, um, more positive ramifications that come out of the, the, the Miami team making it just because I think that's how you spur on these, um, these, these more middling franchises, you know, Phoenix, I think is the one I'm looking at and say, we can emulate that. You know, I get how they made it there we can bring that to our town, to our city. Yeah. All right, Cooper, I got to go attend my Laker fan insensitivity training where we'll, we'll be learning how to be more, more, more uh, sensitive to other, other franchises in the NBA in terms of uh, winning. Um, I have to tell any Heat fans that James Harden is better than Dwayne Wade. That, that probably won't go over well. Okay. Yeah, I was just thinking yesterday. Like, I was so I was so disappointed that we lost the game, but then I realized, like, like this is like we the Lakers did so many bad things in terms of organization wise over the past couple of years, but then we still make the finals and we still are, are touted to to win win it all. So, um, all right, thanks, thanks, Cooper, for coming on. Um, hey man, any, uh, I appreciate it.